You're listening to RE Snapshots. Each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds, tackling herbicide resistance and bringing you the latest information with experts in the field. We've previously looked at research by Tony Fawn and the team from CSIRO that showed double breaks, which means growing two break crops in sequence, were more effective in reducing annual ryegrass numbers to manageable levels than a single break crop or continuous wheat. The research team has now followed up on this research with a project involving FarmLink in southern New South Wales from the years 2014 to 2017, comparing rotation strategies between disc and tine seeding systems in a stubble system and their impact on ryegrass yield and profitability. It's very interesting research, but Tony, firstly, how are you going? All right, thanks very much, Jessica, and firstly, thank you very much for inviting us along to communicate some of the findings from our research. Uh, for the farmer's point of view at the moment, over in south uh, eastern New South Wales, we're all looking for rain, so if I could provide 20 mil of rain, I think that would be far more valuable than uh, my talk this morning. But anyway... If only, uh, if only we could <laughs> click our fingers and do that. <laughs> yeah, we can't, sorry. I'd also like to thank Curalee Condon and Grassroots Gromie for um, writing the article, which hopefully will be attached to this podcast. Yes, it will be coming out. So uh, well done to Curalee for that, so thanks very much for that. Yes, we'll be having an RE Insight on this research as well and the podcast will be on that page too in hopefully the next week or so. But Tony, the last time we spoke we did talk about your research into double breaks but now as mentioned you've got this project with FarmLink comparing the rotation strategies between disc and tine seeding systems. Can you tell us a little bit more about this research? Yeah, so this research was undertaken, it was funded by GRDC between 2014 and it's just finishing up now in 2018. Prior to 2014, there was very little replicated research on discontined seeding systems. So this is new. So we established an experiment in southern New South Wales where we had a kind of uh, annual ryegrass seed bank of about 1,800 seeds per metre square. That might seem a lot, but from our research, a lot of the paddocks around southern New South Wales have quite a high level of annual ryegrass, herbicide-resistant annual ryegrass seeding. So this experiment really focused on crop competition, herbicide and nitrogen strategies for discontined systems, different crop types, so comparing TT canola versus a hybrid Roundup Ready canola. And everything was done uh, in systems where we had stubble loads of between six and nine tonne per hectare. So it was a stubble management uh, experiment. Everything was undertaken with reasonably high stubble loads. So what we did was we had three crop rotation management strategies that were examined. The first was a, a conservative strategy where we looked at a canola wheat wheat rotation where we had a low wheat population of say 80 plants per metre square. We sowed TT canola and we used cheaper herbicides. We compared that against an aggressive strategy which also had a canola wheat-wheat sequence, where we had higher wheat populations, so 150 plants per metre square of wheat. So you're looking at competition there. We used Roundup-ready canola, so that hybrid canola seed was able to hopefully pop out of the stubble easier than TT canola. And we used more expensive herbicides to try and uh, uh, get on top of the ryegrass. So both these strategies were com uh, compared against a diverse management strategy, which really looked at a, a barley legume pulse, which our legume pulse was vetch hay, followed by a canola, followed by a wheat. So we were looking, getting competition from our barley, 
we were getting nitrogen and ryegrass management from our vetch hay, plus our double break from our canola, and we were using some more expensive herbicides. So we were trying to you know, make this diverse strategy useful. Yes, certainly. And you did get some really impressive results in the uh, diverse rotation incorporating that vetch canola sequence and a competitive barley crop, reducing the ryegrass seed bank by 70%. What were some of the other results that you got and how did they compare? So the diverse rotation is a really interesting one. Now, it's not new for us. Many farmers in southern New South Wales haven't incorporated these kind of diverse rotations in their farming system. So we're actually really just putting some numbers on it and we're going to be doing that in the future as well. So the first thing to know is about a diverse rotation is one that allows each crop to be sown into a less antagonistic stubble load by A, reducing the physical uh, amount of stubble, it reduces disease, pests and weed constraints. So that's a really important thing from our diverse rotation. What is useful about it? What we found was over the four years, with seasons ranging from a decile 3 to a decile 9, the diverse strategy that incorporated the double break and crop competition, yeah, reduced that annual ryegrass population by an additional 70% compared to where we had an aggressive strategy in our canola wheat wheat sequence where we used expensive herbicides alone. So, yeah, it was really important to say that, okay, an aggressive strategy which looks at canola wheat wheat, we thought was, was pretty good. But that double break, more competition from barley was superior. Yeah, right. So in comparison to that, at the other end of the scale, where we were not able to, where in our conservative strategy, where we use low-cost herbicides, our annual ryegrass increased by up to 600%. Yeah, that's so crazy. it's really important in, in high stubble loads, in fact anything, to get your seed bank down to a low level as quickly as possible. Yeah, certainly. And what were some of the differences in ryegrass numbers when comparing the discontine systems? Were there any notable differences there? So the first thing we noticed is that the reason we set up the discontine experiment was because there's less herbicides you can use which are on label uh, in a disc system. So that's an important consideration. And one of the mm. first ones you cannot, well, we couldn't use in a disc system was Treflan. So even in an expensive system or a cheaper system, where we compared a disc seeder versus a tine seeder, we weren't able to spray Treflan in that disc seeding system. So over, over the four-year period, there were fewer annual ryegrass plants generally in the tine seeding system. Interesting. But the highest ryegrass populations were found in a conservative strategy with a disc seeder, and that was primarily because we were not able to use Treflan. So even where we had a high stubble loads, Treflan was effective at kind of helping to manage ryegrass in our population. So for a diverse strategy sown with either, what we found was really a diverse strategy sown with either a disc or tine system with more expensive herbicides. So herbicides such as Sakura Avidex mix, a box of gold in wheat, propizamide in canola, atrazine in canola, so we were able to reduce the annual ryegrass numbers down the most in this diverse strategy, irrespective of disc or tine seeders. We managed to get it down in three years from 1,800 to about 145 per metre square, which is really good. Yeah, cool. Uh, whatever you like. Because um, <laughs> I, I just looked at the next three. Uh, obviously, this isn't online. Um, you're going to cut this one, I hope. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I'm going, okay. Okay. Um, and what were some of the other impacts that were assessed, Tony? 
So one of the other impacts which were assessed was crop yield. Here we found that in the diverse strategy, there was no difference in the average four-year crop yield of any crop, whether it was canola, wheat year one, barley or vetch, between a disc and a tine system. So in our canola, our average four-year crop yield is 2.4 tonnes per hectare, irrespective of disc or tine. Our barley was about 4.9 tonnes per hectare, irrespective of disc or tine. So once you controlled your weeds and your system was right, there was very little difference between them. In our aggressive strategy where we managed to control weeds reasonably well, there was no difference in yield either. The only difference between a, an aggressive strategy which had a canola wheat wheat rotation versus our diverse strategy was in our second cereal crop. So our second cereal crop and our diverse strategy was barley. We averaged 4.9 tonnes per hectare over the four years. Our second wheat crop in, in the aggressive strategy we only averaged about 3.7 tonnes per hectare. So it's about a ton, 1.1 tonnes of difference. Yeah, right. We found this in other research that the second wheat crop is often significantly reduced in yield compared to the first one. Uh, so barley, going as a second cereal crop, was far more productive and more profitable. Yeah, right. Very interesting. And so obviously profitability is impacted depending on what rotations you use and obviously what herbicides you end up selecting. How was profitability impacted from this research, Tony? The most profitable strategy, once again, was our diverse strategy, which came in with an average four-year net margin of $489 per hectare per year. So this is slightly higher than the aggressive strategy of $471 per hectare per year, and about $120 higher than the conservative strategy of 351 So by maintaining good control of weeds, it was very profitable indeed. One of the important points to note in our diverse strategy was the saving in nitrogen. So we ended up with a $40 per hectare per year saving in nitrogen compared to the aggressive strategy. So that's money in the, the farmer's pocket. So that's a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. And there is still a little bit of resistance around putting in a a legume crop, isn't there? And so this research really highlights that it can really work out well for you from a profit and yield perspective. Yeah, and getting the right legume crops for the right system is important and making it work for your system. So no matter where you are, that is important. The farmer has to have a continual cash flow. So the bottom line is you've got to have cash flow. It's got to work for your system. Yes, certainly. Yeah, so obviously an agronomist would be able to help a farmer make those sort of decisions. And if you are interested in seeing and learning about this research in more detail, obviously we've got the RE Insight coming out and we will be putting that up on Twitter and you'll be able to read all about it in a bit more detail too. So thank you for explaining that, Tony. I know people find it really helpful to be able to have a listen to the highlights from the research and then delve into a little bit more detail in RE Insight. But Tony, we were talking a little bit earlier and you do have a new project as well that you would like to share with listeners. Yeah, thanks very much, Jessica, for this. It's a new GRDC project. It's a farming systems project that is uh, led by John Kirkegaard from CSIRO. CSIRO is collaborating with New South Wales DPI, some trials run by Graham Sandrell from New South Wales DPI. So it's a four-year farming systems project. It really does look at crop sequencing. The project aim is to generate differences in efficiency of water use across an entire sequence. So just not looking at one year or, or one or two years. It's looking at the whole sequence, manipulating choice, uh, species choice, sowing time, nitrogen and water. 
So we've got four experiments which uh, have just started in New South Wales. Our main one is at the Water Research Station, uh, and we've got three smaller experiments. One's at Condo on low rainfall red candesol. One's on a grey vertisol down at Urana, and our last one is in the high rainfall zone on a red candesol at Greenthorpe. So we've got an integration of soil, environment, and just to give you an idea of some crop sequences, what we're looking at, so you know, we're looking at, say, a canola wheat, canola wheat rotation sown either in March or in May with different rates of nitrogen. We're comparing that with a, a lentil canola wheat kind of rotation, a favour bean canola wheat rotation, so one would use, the lentils probably use less water than the favour bean. We're looking at mixed intercropping, such as a favour bean canola mixed in one year followed by wheat in year two. So we're trying to look at kind of diverse crop rotations and see how a farmer can make more money, keep the whole system more sustainable. And uh, yeah, bottom line is improve the cash flow. So my bottom line is uh, if people could uh, keep their ears and eyes out for field days coming up, and if you're interested, please contact John Kirkegaard, myself, Graham Sandrill, and there's a number of uh, consultants who have all put a lot of time into um, developing this project over the last 12 months. So yeah, thanks for that. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tony. We always enjoy talking to you and having you on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you very much, Jessica. Appreciate your time.